what it is, what an honor to worship you in the beauty of holiness. What Jesus' blood has done to wash us, to cleanse us, to sanctify us, set us apart unto you for a divine eternal purpose set forth even from before the worlds began. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, the one you sent to live on the inside of us, working out those things that are necessary as we walk out this new life, free from sin and death, walking in a life in relationship with you. We thank you for leading us, guiding us, and teaching us. Thank you for being here today, tonight as we come together. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We ask you to touch every heart, every life. Thank you for strengthening us and equipping us for this great day, great time that we live in. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We love you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We magnify you. For you are good. And your mercy endures forever. And ever and ever. Amen. Amen. Good evening, church. How are you this evening? Whew, what a great day, huh? What a great time to be alive. God's doing great things. We're in a chosen generation. Amen. Chosen generation. We're royal priesthood. A holy nation, set apart unto God, his own peculiar people. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You could be a strange kind of peculiar, or you can just be that peculiar people, set apart unto God, his very own prized possession. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, why don't you greet three or four people around you, tell them that you're glad that they're here tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So glad to see you all here. And uh, we had a great morning this morning uh, with uh, Reverend Joe Morris. And he's back with us tonight. Just a couple of things I want to remind you of. Coming up June 11th, we have Serve Sunday. We're so uh, thankful, you know, our, our vision is every member in their place to see the glory of God and to possess our land. And so, really, as every member gets in their place, uh, really it creates that, that uh, uh, synergy, that every member uh, building up of the body of Christ, you know. And uh, on uh, your worst day, you need the church. And on your best day, the church needs you. Amen. So it all works together. It doesn't really matter what day it is, what kind of day it is. Uh, it all works together. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we're blessed. Uh, just see the Hollenbachs here, uh, John and Don from Buena Vista, Colorado. They pastor there in Buena Vista. Thanks for coming all the way up uh, and joining us today. Praise the Lord. Give them a big hand. Praise the Lord. And uh, praise the Lord. I want to remind all the men, uh, July 14th and 15th of our Stand Tall Men's Conference. If you haven't gone on, uh, line on the app. And uh, push the stand tall button, get registered for that. We're going to have a great time together. We're already hearing about uh, people coming from Wyoming and uh, Utah and our region to come in, uh, get built up. Uh, Addison's going to be here. 
It'll be a great time in God building up of the men, and praise the Lord. I believe God's raising up godly men at this time, really like never before, strong men of God, and uh, who will stand up and take their place, stand tall for the things of God. So that's coming up in July 14th and 15th. Amen. If you weren't here this morning, you weren't prepared with your local church tithes and offerings, we want to give you an opportunity to give. If you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're given by cash or debit or credit card, raise your hand. The ushers will make sure you get an envelope. If you're given by text, the number is up there. If you watching online, you want to join us, there's a text number, or you can go onto our website, push the give button, and uh, we always appreciate your generosity and um, all that you're doing, you know, the things that can, the, the ministry that goes forth, not only in the four walls or on the campus with the children and the youth in different areas, uh, but we're able to go out into the jails and, and minister there on a regular basis, uh, the extended table during the week, all these flags, ministering in all the world, supporting missionaries in different places all over the world supporting and, and having campuses uh, go up in our region. And so we're thankful everything that you're doing uh, helps us to do and increase what God's called us to do really as a body of believers. So we're so thankful for that. And we're, we're just believing God's blessing upon you. Uh, as Alan's been saying, it's a year of restoration. So we're believing all things are restored unto you. Amen. And you may say, man, I know we've been praying restoration, but I've had some stuff happen this year that hadn't happened before. Well, if it happened, then, then it'll, it'll totally be turned around and uh, restored. Amen. You might have had something happen that hadn't happened before, but God's still active and we believe there's restoration uh, for you. Amen. And so believe these next two years, really it's a year and a half now, can you believe it? we're into it, uh, are very important in time. I can't tell you all of the things, but I know the Spirit of God told us in the beginning of December as we were praying, I want you to be uh, diligent to pray into the next two years. And so I don't know what direction we'll all come from that. We're seeing some, but uh, just we get together and we're not, we're not just praying about things today, but we're praying out things and we're praying into uh, things to come. Amen. In the next two years, very important time, I believe. And so we're going to see things unfolding, unveiling. Uh, I believe there's going to be turning point times, uh, watershed moments where, you know, significant change takes place, where things are coming together, rising, uh, uh, to a, a point of really fulfillment. And so there's a lot going on. Amen. I believe it. You know, you say, that's a lot. But when you get into prayer, it just all kind of comes together and solidifies. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's pray over the offering. Father, we thank you for every opportunity that we have uh, to give. We're thankful for the covenant that we have with you through the blood of Jesus Christ. And through that covenant, everything that we have belongs to you. Everything you have belongs to us. And so we acknowledge that. We bring our hearts in obedience in that covenant with our tithes and our offerings. And we thank you for that. As each and every one gives, I thank you that the promises of your word come upon them and that you supply every need according to your riches and glory by Jesus Christ. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. Well, praise the Lord. We are, uh, I've been looking forward to uh, today. We've been praying about Today with Brother Joe, Reverend Joe Morris being with us today and uh, this morning just shared uh, a number of things on the day that we live in, the signs of the time, the excitement of the last days. Amen? Thank you for your enthusiasm. The excitement of the last days for the church. It's a great day that we live in. It's a great time. It's not a time. I love what he said today. You know, there, there's the opportunity to have your head down and be downtrodden. But the Bible says, lift up your head. 
So we're a people who are, are alert. Our heads are up. Yes. We're expectant because yes. of the day we live in. We don't, we don't look around us, see the world, and go, oh, no. We look around us and say, man, the time is coming. Jesus is coming soon. Yes, Amen. Yes, yes. I like the analogy, you know, how many of you were down like, oh, my God, I got to get married tomorrow. Um, that, was, that was good. Uh, you know, if you were like that, uh, I feel bad for you, man. Yeah, the night before right. I got married, I, my that's heart right. was beating fast. I couldn't wait. I yeah. mean, I was imagining uh, the doors opening in the back and her stepping through uh, uh, that door. I was like, man, I can't wait. I saw her step through that door. I was like, whoo. I had it so far below what it was going to be like. Just in my imagination, my dreaming, I thought, man, when she walks through that door, and man, when she walked through that door, I about busted out crying. I just thought, Wow, here she comes. Wow. That's my wife. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I got so nervous. We said our own vows. She had me so shook up. She was looking so good. I didn't even recite half of my vows. <laughs> and so, you know, in our vows, there was a promise to forgive. She promised to forgive me. I forgot that part. <laughs> and so when she says you have to forgive me, I said, I never vowed to that. But um, anyway, that's beside the point. That's hey, awesome. So praise the Lord. I mean, he just shared some things that made it real to us, right? We're anticipating Jesus is coming soon. Creates a great expectation. Amen. So I know you have an expectation as you, as you came tonight to Sunday night service. And so we won't take any more time. Uh, put your hands together. Open your hearts. Give a warm Glenwood Springs welcome to Brother Joe Morris as he comes to minister to us. Praise the Lord. That's so cool. Bless you, man. Love you, God. Amen. Bless you. Praise the Lord. Uh, good to see you tonight. Thanks for coming. How wonderful to come on Sunday night, man. Uh, that's hungry. You're busy. Your lives are got a lot going on. Here you come to church. Praise God. That's wonderful. There's something about hearing the word. I said at second service this morning, there's something about uh, uh, partaking of the incorruptible seed. I talk about when I was a kid and, and uh, my mom would drag me to church. And, uh, you know, at the end, they would go and lay hands on everybody. And they'd go, it hit you over the head. Wham, do the will of God. And I think, was that necessary? But uh, I'm in the ministry, so maybe it was necessary. I don't know. <laughs> but there's something about being there. It is good to see you. On, and we can watch with, uh, uh, on, on TV. It's wonderful, and that's good. Thank God for technology. Amen. But it's just something about being in the room. But uh, what a time to gather. He told us to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, as some would do, especially what? As you see the day approaching. So that's what we're talking about. We can see the day approaching. You remember when Jesus went into town, the demons cried out, have you come to torment us before the time? Don't you love that instant submission? When he walked into town, they're freaking out before he did anything. They're like, oh, you're going to hurt us. And it's, isn't it weird that they knew Jesus was on a schedule, but he was early. So if demons can know the schedule, how much more the church? Okay, so we're looking at all this not to have an escape theology, but to go, okay, we have a lot to do in a short period of time. So I, I can't, I love what we're going to get into tonight. I don't get to preach on it that much, but I'm so glad the youth is in here uh, to get to hear stuff, what the future is going to hold and all of you that came. So this morning we're going to, I shotgunned at you a lot of signs because there's about 79 or 80 in, in the book that we did. And I told you the guy from Harrison House, he was fact checking. He goes, man, all these are true. I go, well, you think I'd make them up? That's kind of weird, you know? No, so, so things have happened in the, in the last hundred years, specifically the last few years, that are blatant about how close we are to his return. All that means is we see the signs, we get excited, and we have great anticipation because there's a change coming. What is that change? We're going to be standing right before the throne of God. We're going to come back with him on white horses, and we'll reign for a thousand years. And what a time. Right now, you're tasting of the powers of the world to come. 
So we'll get into that tonight. We'll get into a little bit, a couple of different things that shows us how close we are, but we'll do a little bit of review. But I will give you a testimony. You know, I try to give you a couple of healing testimonies, uh, preaching on end times. I was in uh, Sydney, Australia. I'd just been in Brisbane doing the, the Ramah school there in Brisbane. I had a great time. You do those schools, you preach like seven hours on Friday, uh, uh, 10 hours on Saturday, and a few hours Sunday. By the time you're done, you're like, you know, kind of, kind of wore out. But uh, so I went over to, to Sydney to preach, and the worship leader told his wife, whatever you do, you make our daughter come to church today. She uh, was about 15 or 16. I guess she hadn't been wanting to come. I don't know. And he said, whatever you do, you make her come. Well, she was sitting there, and while I was preaching on the coming of the Lord, I could tell she wasn't excited about it, you know, because facial expression, communication, 57% of communication is facial expression. So she was communicating to me that she was not really excited about being there and, uh, and didn't really want to hear on the coming of the Lord because the coming of the Lord has gotten such a bad rap that people are afraid of it. I told you about that one pastor that said, I was dreading having you come, but I knew I was supposed to. And then he was happy afterwards. How sad is that to be dreading someone's coming to preach on the coming of the Lord? So there in Sydney, I got up and preached a little bit about the coming of the Lord, just some of the signs I did this morning. And I had a word of knowledge at the end that someone had busted their tailbone. And I said, you're healed. And finished, you know, uh, as you, you called out some other things. And as you come and stand around like this, that little girl, about 15 or 16, came walking out with her mom and dad. She's bawling. She said, I'm eighth in pole vaulting in the nation of Australia. And this uh, while back, she was pole vaulting and fell and busted her tailbone. She said, I was mad at my mom and dad for making me come to church. And the Lord heals her tailbone. Preaching on the coming of the Lord. He, he wants to show his goodness and his kindness. He, he just loves us. One more cool one. I was in Hartford, uh, uh, Connecticut. Matt Nalette's the pastor's name. Had a couple words of knowledge that someone had been in a car wreck, messed up their neck and messed up their back. Now, I have weird words of knowledge. I saw a woman fly fishing one time, catch the hook in her eye. In Bartlesville, Oklahoma, saw a woman get poked in the eye with a fork. Her sister had poked her in the eye with a fork. I was in Montgomery, Alabama. I saw two elderly women in their 90s fist fighting out in the parking lot. They weren't swinging like this. They were swinging their arms like this. And I said, I said you know, the Lord told me you, you need to tell the other one you're sorry. You need to fix that. Don't, don't, don't fight in the parking lot. Well, don't fight anywhere, but don't fight specifically in the parking lot of the church. That's a good witness. Oh, they're having a great service. Now they're boxing. How weird is that? Well, you know, finished the service and went up to the book table, you know, and these two sweet elderly ladies come walking up to us. They said, we were the two ladies that were fighting. I said, I recognize you. I mean, so God's so good, he'll, he'll get you to tell your friend you're sorry. So you're not fighting in the parking lot. He's just good. So in that meeting there in Hartford, this guy come walking up to me afterwards, and he said kind of the same things another guy I was talking about. He, 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 he goes, man, what do I do? What do I do? I said, what are you talking about? He goes, my neck's healed, my back's healed. I said, well, enjoy it. Right then, his girlfriend come walking up to me. She said, you don't understand what he was saying about you the whole service. That guy was saying about me, he's a con man, he's a con man, he's a con man. And gets his neck and his back healed. So see, it doesn't matter who the delivery person is. Jesus wants to show people how much he loves them. And the wonderful thing is he raised you up to show them his personality. What is his personality? Goodness, kindness, mercy. Oh, come on. They've never seen that Jesus. They've seen a critiquing Jesus. Now, he'll love you if you do everything just right. He doesn't think like that. Tonight, he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. The Lord hammers on me, preaching on end times, to say it over and over and over again, how much he loves you. Amen. Not mad at you. So good night, everybody. Drive safely. Amen. Start the car. I'll be right there. Now grab your Bibles. And I don't know where we're going to turn yet, so we'll decide in a second. But let's pray. Father, thank you for this wild bunch that came on Sunday night. Bless them, Lord. Strengthen them. Father, we, we see the assignments that you've given the last day church to be so filled with the word. 
filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with joy, filled with grace, such a boldness about the Latter-day Church, that Father, the plan of God would come full circle, that we'd be refilled with the Holy Spirit to walk with you and to hearken to the voice of the Lord, the stranger's voice we do not follow. So, Lord, I ask you to use every person in this room, Father, that every one of them would finish their course with joy. I thank you for, for supernatural fulfillment of everything that you've given them. Hallelujah. We thank you for it. We thank you for great strength, great joy, great boldness for every person in the room. And Lord, we honor you tonight. We magnify you. These songs, these wonderful songs that we sang about you, we, we lift you up, Jesus. Jesus, we're, we're in awe of your kindness and your goodness and your mercy. So we lift you up tonight, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name, everybody said amen. amen. So let's go through them for just a second. You know, this morning we went through uh, them. I'll go about five minutes to review uh, Jesus said the generation or to the group that sees Jerusalem won back and Israel regathered. He said that generation won't pass away until all is fulfilled. So we've seen that happen in our lifetimes. It's not weird. It's not strange. It's just God said this and it came to pass. And then he said he'd restore to them a pure language. hundred years ago, no one spoke Hebrew. Now they all speak Hebrew. You had foxes show up on the temple mount. You had fish show up in the Dead Sea. You had the Dead Sea turn blood red where Sodom and Gomorrah was this last year on the Day of Atonement. You got sign after sign after sign. Predatory birds start showing up. I mean, it's just crazy. You got the revival of the Roman Empire. I mean, the EU, the United States of Europe, a platform for the Antichrist. So all these things are telling us that what the Bible said you'd see just before he comes is happening right now. So whether we're really comfortable with it or not, it's taking place. And we might as well go, okay, what, what's my part? What, how do I jump in? What, what part do I take? I say it. I do a weekly video every Wednesday uh, called the End of Days Update. I talk about what happened that week. I mean, last couple of weeks, you had 1,478 rockets fired from Gaza into Israel. And our news doesn't really cover a lot of that. So as we get into all that, it's all about a thought pattern of, of seeing how close we are so that we make changes. In other words, you know, we don't get into this information so that we just go, oh, I want to have so much knowledge. No, we make alterations because he's coming. Amen. So that's what we want to do. We want to do the will of God. We want to do his bidding. Well, he raised you up to do it. Guess what? You think about John the Baptist coming on the scene between Malachi and Matthew, 400 years of silence, nobody speaking for God. All of a sudden, John comes on the scene, starts yelling at everybody and uh, eating locust burgers and all kinds of weird food, you know, and he starts screaming at everybody, repent, you know, and everybody's like, he's too loud, shut him up. Well, uh, uh, God had to raise up someone to pull Israel back. And you think about what Jesus said about John the Baptist. Had it been a greater prophet since him, ever was, or will be. But the least in the kingdom of God's got more anointing than John had. And he woke up a dead nation, yet he did no miracle. Oh, let me do Elvis on that one. Come on. <laughs> he, he woke up a dead nation, yet he did no miracle. So why? Jesus said he was a burning and a shining light. I like what John Wesley said. Let God set you on fire. People will come watch you burn. Amen. I got a fire pack out there on the table, and it has matches in it. It says, guaranteed to set you on fire. So if the word doesn't get you, you can set yourself on fire. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That went over real good. Good night, everybody, again. Once again, hallelujah. <laughs> Start the car. I'll be right there. Praise the Lord. So we talk about these signs so that we, we catch how relevant everything is. I mean, you have Iran shipping down missiles into the 
edge of Israel every week last year. 54 times Israel had to blow up those missiles that were carried down to Damascus. Now, why is that a big deal? You can get on the Golan Heights, and you can look down over the valley, and you can see the lights of Damascus. Isaiah 17.1 says Damascus is going to be removed from being a city. You watch. Uh, Iran's going to haul a nuke down to Damascus and try to haul it into Israel, and something's going to happen. It's going to go off, and it's going to take Damascus off the planet. Amen. <laughs> How wild is that going to be? I mean, to be removed from being a city, you can't really Greek that out. It just means it's not going to be there anymore. <laughs> so, so, you know what? Russia will probably go, you know what? We're going to try to help the Palestinians because here, here Israel blew that up. Well, it won't be Israel blowing it up. It'll probably be them blowing themselves up. So anyway, it's just a time where verses are being fulfilled right in front of our eyes. So tonight, I want to get into a little bit about the second coming of the Lord. We didn't talk a lot about the rapture this morning, but that's coming very soon for us. And that's where we're going to be caught up. We're going to go up just like Enoch did, just like Elijah did. And it's not weird or strange. It's just God's going to take us from here to there because we're not supposed to be here. Enoch was caught up, handed off to Noah. Noah rode the flood. Elijah was caught up, handed off to Elisha. Jesus was caught up, handed off to the church. The church will be caught up and will hand off to the Jews. 144,000 Jewish evangelists. I mean, it's, it's wild to see Jewish guys getting into position to be those 144,000. I mean, it's just bizarre. I had one, one guy came to Tulsa, a Jewish man. I've tried to get him saved for years. He goes, he's just a blindness there. I said, well, if Jesus is not your Messiah, you better start killing some animals. He goes, well, we don't do that anymore. And I've tried as hard as I could to get him saved. He goes, hey, I want to talk to you about the Ezekiel 38 war. I go, you know about the Ezekiel 38 war? He goes, oh, yeah, I know your doctrine. And, and he goes, you guys are going to depart. You're going to be raptured, and God's going to hand off to us. And I looked around the room of that restaurant like, oh, my God, I got a Jewish man right here that knows what's getting ready to happen. So God's getting people in position that when we're caught up, they're ready. I've done a video for this one guy. I said, listen, when we all disappear, this is what you do. You put your hand on your head, and you ask Jesus into your heart, and you fill yourself with the Holy Ghost. And guess what? You're going to be one of the 144,000. Because we're going to be raptured. I, I don't know. It's amazing that the Bible says he's able to subdue even all things unto himself. That he's so powerful, he's going to remake all of our bodies just like that. In the shortest amount of time that can't be divided, you're going to get a body that will never be tired again, never gain weight again. The stain of Adam's going to be taken off of us. And we talked about it this morning. You'll be able to walk through walls. You'll still have an appetite. The first thing Jesus asked for is, do you have any meat? He didn't ask for kale. He didn't ask for broccoli. He said, do you have any meat? So he didn't eat shrubbery. Come on. So in your glorified body, you'll be able to eat meat. You'll be able to walk through the wall and you can still be handled. He said, handle me. A spirit had not flesh and bones. You see, I have. So it's, it's wonderful what we have to look forward to. And that's what we're going to get into tonight. So we got a few minutes we'll do on the second coming. And then we'll get right into the millennial reign of Christ for a little bit. You don't hear a lot of messages on the millennium. And normally I, I try to go about 40 minutes so I won't go too long. Uh, have I ever gone too long here? Now, now, you know why? I have been in the meeting when Jesus had left the building and the preacher didn't know it. So I'm very cautious about taking too much of your time. Amen. Come on. You've been there. Jesus waved and said goodbye. And the preacher just kept right on going. Come on. So let's, let's get right into the word tonight. Go over to Matthew chapter 24 and we'll look at what Jesus talked about, the second coming. This is the grand event. We mentioned it a couple times this morning. But man, you've got different pictures in the Old Testament. You've got wonderful pictures. You've got Joel saying, wake everybody up. Something's coming. Malachi saw him. He had healing in his wings. We talked about it this morning. Habakkuk saw him. He had shafts of light coming out of his side. Wow. I mean, you think about Ezekiel. It would seem he's the wheel within the wheel. 
Isaiah saw him in different facets. Every different picture was amazing. I love it that God probably gave the best picture to Zechariah. He said when Jesus comes back, people's faces are going to be melting out of their sockets. Remember Raiders of the Lost Ark? Amen. The very last scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark, that comes from Zechariah 14. So, so it's just amazing how dramatic it's going to be at the second coming. So uh, let's look here at Matthew 24 and watch what Jesus says, because it's good to take some other guy's words for it, but let's hear it straight from what the Lord says about it. Now remember, Matthew 24 has nothing to do with the rapture. It's all about the second coming. The Gospels only speak of the second coming. One little hidden reference to the rapture, but we won't get into that tonight. But let's go to Matthew 24, skip over to verse 27, and let's look at the second coming of the Lord for a moment here. In verse 27, For as the lightning comes out of the east and shines even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So it's going to be dramatic. I've never seen lightning that was casual. Anybody been very close to getting struck by lightning? I've been outside a few times. It hit pretty close. And I'm like, that was a little bit close to getting barbecued right here on the spot. So it brought me some reverence. In other words, if you don't reverence, let's just see. Why don't you go out there with a rod up there and walk around and go, nah, 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 and just see what happens. I like what Lee Trevino said. He said, hey, uh, get a one iron because even God can't hit a one iron because he, he got struck by lightning twice. Amen. Well, that's uh, anyway. Praise the Lord. Good night, everybody. Drive safely. So it's going to be dramatic. Now, this is going to set up what your job's going to be. So I want us to see this. So he says in verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened. The moon shall not give her light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. And they'll see the Son of Man coming in great clouds of heaven with great power and great glory. Now, this is when we come back with Him. We've already been raptured. We go to the reward seat of Christ, go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, and we come back with Him. We're witnessing this. Every movie you see where the hero comes in at the end of the day and saves the day, every movie gets that from Jesus right here. Because there's different stages of the second coming. He's going to go to the Mount of Olives. He's going to go to Petra. The Bible says that the Jews, midway through the trib, they go into Petra for safety. Jesus is going to come to Petra and, and, and stop those people trying to kill the Jews. He's going to rescue them. Wow. Hallelujah. Even the, why does Hollywood have more of a sense of change than the church? You got, you got zombies. You got the walking dead. You got all that stuff because they, they sense a resurrection but don't know what it is. Jesus is about to come. come the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we're going to be caught up in the air with them. Come on. So then we, we come back with him at this second coming. This is a dramatic deal. You talk about the Beatles talking about you got a ticket to ride. You talk about a ticket when we're coming back toward the earth and you see all the inhabitants of the earth bowing in adoration. He's Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on, every knee will bow. Come on, 2 Thessalonians says that Jesus obliterates the Antichrist with the brightness of his coming. No negotiation. It says he's obliterated with the brightness of his coming. Wow. So we see uh, that's dramatic. So let's go a little further. Look at verse 31. He'll send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. They'll gather to get together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. He's going to give you a little more info here before we get to the main part of it. But go down to verse 37. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Man, you could talk about that right now for a couple of weeks. What was it before, he, before the flood came? Corruption and violence. Doesn't get any weirder than it is right now, except for maybe back then. So it says in verse 38, For as the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered in the ark, 
knew not till the flood came, took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So, so here he compares this after seven years of signs. We talked about it this morning. Seven years of things, just like Moses and Pharaoh, people are still wanting to eat, drink, and get married. They want life as usual, even with nuclear war, even with water turning to blood. I mean, people are fishing. Hey, we're not catching much. Well, hello, the water turned to blood. Of course we're not catching much. So we said it this morning, God's going to put some things in front of them to put pressure on them so they'll make a decision for Him. We call it judgment, but really it's the mercy of God to pressure people. So it's going to be very, very, very dramatic. Now watch what happens here. This is radical. Look at verse 39. Well, knew not till the flood came, took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Verse 40. Then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken and the other left. That's not the rapture. It's at the second coming. The wicked will be taken off the earth, and the righteous will be left on the earth to enter into that natural kingdom. We need to get this because this is who you're going to have oversight over. Notice the next verse there. And then shall two be in the field, one shall be taken, and the other left. Notice the percentage there, 50%. Half of the earth will have gotten saved during the tribulation. Amen. I preach in, in Paris. Uh, 1% of 1% saved in Paris. All of France, not even 1% born again. You can go out to dinner anywhere in France and go, you know what? Every single person in this room is going to hell. It's amazing. So yeah, 50%. Look at the next verse. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. One shall be taken and the other left. The ones that are left are the righteous ones. Remember Jesus said, I'll let the wheat grow with the tares. And at the end of the age, the angels will be the reapers. So at the second coming, the wicked are taken off the earth and the righteous are left. Natural body, righteous people, hang with me, that make it through the latter part of the trib. That's who you're going to have oversight over during the millennial reign of Christ. And you know what? Natural people have a tendency to do stupid stuff. So God needs some really good rulers. And you're the rulers that he's raised up to do this. Amen. He said, if you're faithful over so much, you'll rule over 10 cities or you'll rule over two cities. So whether we like it or not, we're going to have a sphere of influence over a certain region. So we'll, we'll get to that here in just a minute. But let's keep going. I know that's a ton to get into. But how wonderful. At the rapture, the righteous go up. At the second coming, the wicked are taken off the earth. And Jesus gets even clearer here in chapter 25. Everybody with me? How many glad you came? How many glad you're here you're not in jail? Come on, praise the Lord. It's better to be in church than jail, right? Come on, Sunday night church. Come on. All right, let's go a little further. Go to Matthew 25. Look at verse 31. And when the Son of Man shall come in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He shall sit upon the throne of His glory. And before Him shall be gathered all nations, and He'll separate them one from another as the shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. He'll set the sheep on His right hand, the goats on His left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. Now, a lot of people use these verses to make people think that, that people aren't saved at the second coming. And they try to put uh, second coming verses on the church. Like, remember where Jesus said, you know, I never knew you. He goes, well, I prophesied in your name. He's not talking to the church there. He's talking to people that try to weasel their way into the millennial reign of Christ. Okay? And that scares people to make people think that their salvation is not very strong. Wow, that went over real good. I need to find another place to preach. Here we go. Come on. It gets people quiet, doesn't it? But you know what? You don't have to manipulate people to get them to do the will of God. You can give them truth. Come on. Amen. So at the second coming, you're going to have people that are go, trying to go, hey, I, I prayed, I, I preached for you. I did miracles for you. And the Lord's going, I never knew. He's not talking to the church there. You're right there with Jesus as this is happening. Those are natural people that the, the righteous ones enter the millennium, you'll have oversight over. And you'll rule over them. All right, go to Revelation 19. Let's go a little further. 
Is everybody with me? Come on, let's go a little bit. Wait till we get to the millennium part. It's going to be fun. It'll get really cool. So just hang with me. Hang with me a little bit. Just go through it for a little while. Buckle up for a bit, and then we'll get to the wild stuff. (laughs) Revelation 19. These are verses I know you all know. It's so cool. Look at verse 11. Revelation 19, verse 11. This is at the second coming. Radical. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him is called Faithful and True. In righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. Here we are in verse 14. The armies which are with him in heaven, that's us, followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth will grow a sharp sword. He'd smite the nations, and he'll rule them with a rod of iron. Wait a minute. So he's going to rule them with a rod of iron. That means those natural people have a tendency to rebel. That's why he's got you with him to keep them while they're rebelling, okay? He'll rule them with a rod of iron. He treads the winepress in the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. Now remember, there is no bad news for the church. This is the second coming when Jesus physically comes back to the planet. I like to call it this, the boss is coming back. And man, you can't get any more radical than this. It says in verse 16, He hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Wow. Man, oh man, you, you talk about an event. This event is the deal. Wow. So we have all this other stuff that points to this, and this is what's getting ready to happen. We have that seven years of tribulation, then we come back with Jesus because we're not here during the tribulation. Glory to God. Amen. All right, let's get to what I want to get to. All that's to get me to this spot right here. So all that's a review. Look at chapter 20. We won't go too long, but look at chapter 20. This is what we want to get into. Chapter 20, look at verse 1. Here's the beginning of the millennial reign of Christ. After that, Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom. This is how it's going to start. Look what happens at the very start of that thousand-year reign. So he says here in verse 1 of of Revelation 20, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and the great chain in his hand. He laid hold on the dragon, the old serpent, which is the devil, Satan, bound him a thousand years. Don't you love this? One angel is going to take the devil and bind him. Not a legion, not a team. One. One angel is going to bind him. In verse 3, he's going to cast him in the bottomless pit, shut him up, set a seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose for a little season. I'm going to ask the Lord, I'm actually going to beg, if I can get me a violin. Uh, that lady playing the violin, it sounds so good how she plays. But see, I can't play the violin, but I'm going to go over there to that pit. I'm going to sing a song to him. How you doing, pit dweller? How's it going down there in the pit? I'm not in the pit. I'm seated at the right hand of God. If the Lord will let me, I'm going to try to torment him just a little bit. Because you know what? He'll reap what he sowed. Come on. Amen. And I just would love to be a part of the reaping, of the sowing. Amen. Come on. So, so the millennial reign starts out perfect, Lucifer bound. You have the knowledge of the Lord going all over the earth. You have movies about Peter and John. Paul will probably have his own talk show. He'll interview Pastor Mark and Tasha and go, it won't be Ellen or Dr. Oz, it'll be the Apostle Paul. He'll go, what was it like pastoring in the last days? And they'll go, man, we took your letters to find out who we were in Christ so that we're more than conquerors. This light affliction, which is but for a moment, works us a far more and exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but things which are not seen. Come on, we're looking at stuff that's eternal. Paul's going to say that, and all of a sudden you'll have a, a huge amphitheater of angels go, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. He reigns. He reigns omnipotent. 
And you watch, Israel will be the head of all nations. All the other nations will tithe to Israel. I hear people go, I don't believe in tithing. It was here before the law, during the law, after the law, and it's going to be here after we are raptured when we come back at the second coming. So there's going to be a great season of natural things on the earth. Now hang with me, because we don't hear a lot of teaching on this. You're going to have sports. You're going to have business. It'll be just like right now, but the curse lifted off of it. You'll have a dual race. You'll have a natural race and a glorified body race. You'll have roller coasters. <laughs> I was preaching in Nebraska. The Lord told me, tell them they ain't never seen a roller coaster they see one in the millennium. Oh, come on. Do you want to go faster? Absolutely. In that glorified body, we'll want to max it out. Those Bless their hearts. Those natural body saints, they'll be going, this is a little too fast for me. Come on. It's going to be awesome. It'll be very normal, natural thousand years. Right now, you're tasting of the powers of the world to come. Paul said, why would you take something to court when you're going to judge angels? That word judge angels is just like you raise up rulers to rule over them. So you're going to have a, a sphere of authorization during that time. It's going to be very fun. And young people, I mean, the devil tells all the young people you're going to miss out on something. No, everything's enhanced, not diminished. Everything's enhanced, not diminished. Now hang with me. I was in a service up in Newtown, Connecticut. Uh, Barry Fredericks is the pastor. And it was one of those services that came to the, night, the last night of the service. I was there Sunday through Wednesday. Gosh, this is a long time ago maybe 25 years ago. I didn't know what to do on the last night of the meeting. I just didn't have any unction. And I realized maybe we're supposed to play pin the suit on the pastor. If you ever knew what that was, that's an old Pentecostal thing where we bring the pastor down and put $100 bills on him, $50 bills, buy him a new suit. So I, I needed to do that. Next thing you know, people started giving stuff away. A young, a, the youth pastor walked down and gave me a check for my daughter, Lauren. She's a missions girl and takes people all over the world. And he gave her a check for like $25. A guy stood up and said, hey, I have a Toyota Camry for you, that youth pastor that gave that $25. He gave $25 in the service and got a brand new Toyota Camry. So I thought, well, I want to be a part of this. So I, I had a Fender Stratocaster at the time. So I, thought, I saw one of the youth, and the Lord told me to give it to one of the guys. And the Lord said, give it to that guy right back there. He had just told his mom that week, I want a Fender Stratocaster. She said, you better believe God for it. So in that service, the reaper overtook the sower. In the millennium, he said, I'll answer them before they even call on me. So, you know, I went to the guitar store to get me another guitar because I had sewn that Fender Stratocaster. I'm walking into the guitar store, and the Lord said, why don't you learn how to play every instrument? You're going to live forever. I was like, oh, wow, man, that messed with me right there because I'm thinking, you know, we just don't think like that, but that's how he thinks. So let's go back and look at this. Let's go a little while into it. Let's get into it because there's not a lot of teaching on this just for a little bit. I know it's a lot of info, but go back to Isaiah chapter 11, and we'll look at what nature is going to be like during that time. And then we'll get closer and closer to your function, and then we'll shout a little bit. Well, that was so enthusiastic. Wow. Wow. Woo. Please calm down. Oh, my. Come on. All right. Woo. You just, well, here we go. All right. Look at Isaiah 11. Let's look at what it's going to look like. This is pretty clear. This is amazing. Isaiah chapter 11. Look what the earth happens when the curse is lifted off and with the devil bound. Watch what happens. Isaiah 11, verse 4. But with righteousness, he'll judge the poor. He'll reprove with the equity the meek of the earth. He'll smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips, he'll slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the kid, and the calf, and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. It's going to be weird. You go to the park, and there's a little kid with a lion on a leash. I mean, that, that, you know, we think we're ready for that, but we're like, whoa, wait, wait a minute, that's a lion right there. Come on. So nature's altered the moment the Prince of Peace is there. 
Even animals don't act like they act now because of Lucifer's influence on the earth because of the fall. Look a little bit further. Look what he says here. He said, verse 7, the cow and the bear will feed. Well, verse 6, the wolf will dwell with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the kid. It's amazing. Verse 7, the cow and the bear will feed. The young ones will eat, lie down together. And the, the lions will eat straw like the ox. The suckling child shall play on the hole of an ass. The weaned child shall put his hand on the cock Then They shall not hurt nor destroy in all of my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Wow, what a, what a time. Peace on earth. All right, let's go look a little more. Look at chapter 30. Skip over there for a minute. I know it's a lot of verses. It's, it's okay to have Bible. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me, amen? amen? Go to chapter 30. I know you know this and you've heard it before, but that's okay. It's good for us. I like what John Osteen said. You can tell you've gotten a hold of a verse when you want to hear it over and over and over again. We used to go to his church in 1970. There were 50 people there. And it was a seven-hour drive from where I lived. I said, Mom, have you thought about getting a church that's a little closer to us? <laughs> but I sure love John Osteen. Amen. Look at chapter 30. Look at verse 26 of Isaiah. Chapter 30, verse 26. A little bit more insight into what the millennial reign is going to be like. Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days, and the day of the Lord binds up the breach of His people and heals the stroke of their wound. So nighttime during that time will be like our day right now. Wow. Daytime is going to be seven times brighter. So you've got photosynthesis. You've got an oxygen-rich environment. It'll never get dark. I've told you before, you know what? Pastor Mark and I are going to show up at St. Andrews. We're going to play golf at St. Andrews. Then we're going to be translated to Augusta and play golf. Then we're going to be translated to Pebble Beach and play golf. Then we're going to be translated to Hawaii and play golf. Then we're going to translate right back to uh, St. Andrews and play golf. Because we might play golf four or five days in a row because it'll never get dark and we'll never get tired. You say, you think you're going to want to do that? Absolutely. You don't turn into a zombie when you get to heaven. It's good to be here, Lord. I love you. No. If you like to play golf, you'll play golf in your glorified body. You still got to learn how to play. You just won't get tired. Now, see... And see, that, that messes with sometimes people think, so you think we're just, we have the tendency to think the whole thousand years, this is what young people think, we're just going to worship for a thousand years. No, we will worship like you ain't never worshiped before, but you're going to play sports, you're going to do, I'm going to show up in the outside motorcycles, I'm going to come over here by Buena Vista, the coolest view there is of the, of the Rockies, and I'm going to ride bikes through there and never get tired. Now you ride bikes and after a few hours you're like, man, I'm tired, let's go rest. It's going to be a very, 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 very normal time. Lucifer's tried to make people think it ain't going to be normal. Jesus is the normalest thing they've ever seen. Amen. Glory to God. I remember preaching in Hattiesburg. I said, the Lord's so cool. He taught Michael Jackson how to moonwalk. And then I moonwalked right there in that service. Of all times, I had a pastor from San Francisco watch. He said, I'll, he said I'll, come moonwalk. I'll give you $1,000. I said, I'm never moonwalking again. But that's how cool Jesus is. He's normal. Amen. He's not weird. So what a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time it's going to be. Let's get into a little bit more. Let's look at what church will be like. Go to Zechariah. Now, it's easy to find Zechariah because you know where Malachi is from tithing. So go to Malachi and back up a little bit. <laughs> so go to Zechariah and let's look at church. You say there'll be church during the millennium? Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. Zechariah. I can't even find it. Help me, Lord. I got Malachi, so I know I'm close. Zechariah 14. You should read Zechariah 14 tonight. It'd be good homework. Zechariah 14, look at this. This is amazing. Look at verse 16. This is another picture of what's going to happen. And this shows you church here 
in Zechariah 14, verse 16. And it shall come to pass of every one that's left of all the nations which came up against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year so there'll be people that make it through that latter part of the trib that enter into the millennial reign in natural bodies and that kingdom set up for them. So he says here of all those people, they'll go up to Jerusalem from year to year to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, to keep the feast of tabernacles. And it will be that whosoever will not go up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. Watch this. And if the family of Egypt go not up, they'll come not, they'll have no rain. There shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. So you'll have people that are not born again, and they'll say it ain't worth it to go to church. The Lord's not trying to be mean to them. He's just trying to tell them when He speaks to them, that message will sustain them for the entire year. Now, right now, I listen to work. I listen to YouTube. I listen to Kenneth Hagin on YouTube all week because I live in an environment of darkness and I have to overwhelm myself with word. When, when they go hear him speak, that meal will sustain them for an entire year. Amen. Wouldn't it be wild if you went to a burger place and say, you know what, when you eat this burger, you won't have to eat for another year. Woo. His words are spirit and they are life. But the heathen will go, I ain't going. And the Lord goes, hey, no problem. You don't have to come, but you won't get any rain. <laughs> Don't get any rain, don't get any crops. So I think it'd become good to go hear the word. <laughs> Could you imagine going to church and Jesus is preaching? Whew, hallelujah. Mm. You talk about sustaining you. Glory to God. How wild is that? So I want you to get this. You'll have natural-bodied saints that make it through the latter part of the trib. And when their children reach the age of accountability, you'll be pointing to Jesus and you'll go, there he is right there, you need to get saved. That's why I said this morning, in the ages to come, he'll show forth his goodness and his kindness to those that first trusted in him. We trusted in him when we couldn't see him. And there'll be people that will reject him when they can see him. That's why people are going to come up to you and go, wait wait, wait a minute, you got saved when you couldn't see him? You took someone's word for it through the foolishness of preaching? See, this is all a faith aspect. God's raised up a faith people. That during that thousand years, you'll be judging, you'll be ruling and reigning, and you'll, you'll judge people based on the Word of God because you know Jesus, not through feelings, not through tangible stuff, through His Word. It's absolutely flawless what He's done to, to do this. So, let's get closer to your job. All right, you ready, ready for your, your function? This is, the, this is the fun part. This is the, my favorite part. Let's just we'll work into it. Go to Isaiah 61, and we'll get a couple verses out of that. But, but while, while you're turning there, uh, hang with me just a little bit. In this present dispensation, Lucifer has a little bit of a sphere of influence because Adam gave it to him here. So right now, you have uh, wicked spirits in heavenly places. You've got principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in heavenly places. All that is, Lucifer copied what God will have during the millennial reign of Christ. Remember the mad man of Gadara? Uh, they, those demons asked Jesus, don't cast us out of the region. There's something regional about them. Just like we'll have a region that we have oversight over. Okay? So with that, go to Isaiah 61, and let's look a little bit of it. You got your Bibles there? It's good to have your Bible. I know it's a lot of info, but hang with me. We're almost to the coolest part. Just, just give me a little bit more time, and we'll sing the latter part, and that'll bless you. Hit CD number 7, and we'll do the greatest hits. <laughs> True fear. Look at Isaiah 61. You found Isaiah 61? Isaiah 61, look at verse 4. This will give you a picture. There's a bunch in here you can get into, but I want to just keep moving. Isaiah 61, verse 4. They'll build houses over the waste places, and they'll raise up the former desolations, 
and they'll repair the waste cities and the desolations of many generations. So God's going to let man rebuild the earth during that thousand years because man takes pride in what he does with his hands. I used to think that Jesus is going to come out and twinkle his nose like bewitched. Everything's going to be fixed. No, he's going to let man rebuild the whole planet. It's going to be wonderful. All right, let's get to your job. Go to 65. Here we go. Isaiah 65. All of that was to get to right here. There's tons of stuff you could get into, but this is what I want to dwell on for a few minutes before we go. Isaiah 65, skip down to verse 20. This is where it gets crazy. Verse 20. There shall be no more than an infant, day, an infant of days, that have not, or nor an old man, that have not fulfilled his days. For a child shall die a hundred years old, but the sinner being a hundred years old, uh, they'll be accursed. Or they'll go to hell. In other words, if a natural body sinner dies at 100, they say, well, he died as a kid, but he'll die and go to hell. And it says here in verse 21, they'll build, they'll build houses and inhabit them. They'll plant vineyards and they'll eat the fruit of them. So it's pretty cool here. So the natural body saint's not going to be subject to death. So what do, you, what do you mean by that? The natural body saint has you in the earth implementing the kingdom of God. You'll have a natural body saint. Maybe he comes to your building and he comes in here uh, uh, during the millennium. And you're still in this building. I don't know how that'll all work. If we'll still have all these, but whatever. Let's say a natural body saint climbs up on your on your on your screen there. He's got to fix the top up there, and he's on a ladder, and he slips and falls and breaks his neck right there. Natural body saint. Okay. Well, you've already seen it. It's called a word of wisdom. That's one of the nine revelation gifts. You've already seen it. You walk through the wall. He's laying there dead. You walk up to him and go, "Rise, take up your bed and walk." It's a good thing you lived during the millennium, and he's raised up right there. See, it's in you to raise people up. That's what you'll be doing for a thousand years. You're, you're tasting of the powers of the world to come. You say, well, why would the Lord allow that to happen? The guy will probably say, you know what? I'm clumsy with ladders. I'll probably, slip, I'll probably slip off a ladder. You know what? He'll have exactly what he says, but thank God you'll be there to take care of business right there. So we're going to have a, a, a thousand years of implementing that kingdom all over the earth. See, Romans 8 says, don't wait till you get your glorified body to learn how to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. Because you're not done at the rapture. Okay? That's why, that's why our generation has gotten more of this than any other generation. It's just been hammered in us who we are in Christ. It's been hammered into us our authority. Why? Because you're going to rule from a place of authorization. Let me give you a couple of examples. Hang with me. You, I, I've told you some of them. You with me for a few more minutes? My daughter's senior year in high school, this is years ago, she's married. And I have two grandkids now. But her senior year, I had her go with me to, on the road quite a bit just because I thought it was her last year, you know, to be home, for, went to school, whatever. So we were on the road and uh, out in California preaching for a buddy of mine. As we walked in, I had a vision. I saw this man. He looked like Robert Redford, and he had his hands around the pastor's throat upside down like this. And I told Lauren, I said, man, there's a guy in the church. He looks just like Robert Redford, and he thinks he's over the pastor. He's got his hands around the pastor's throat like this, upside down. Lauren goes, Dad, that's weird. I said, that is weird. So my pastor buddy walked in the back room, you know, just like we do back there. He came walking in and said, hey, you got a guy in your church. He looks just like Robert Redford. And he's got his hands around your throat, upside down like that, like he thinks he's over you. And that buddy of mine goes, that's exactly right. We're getting ready to start another church. That guy told me, I'm not going to let you start that church. Well, uh, well, that's weird <laughs> in, in the first place. So, you know, we came through the side there. Lauren and I come walking. I looked over there and I saw the guy. Looks just like Robert Redford. I said, Lauren, there's the guy right there. I got up and preached. He who looks like Robert Redford. No, I didn't do that. Come <laughs> I preached about the plan and the purpose of God for that pastor's life. He's to build and to plant. That's an apostle's mentality. Don't try to control it. Enjoy it. It'll make you want to remodel your house. 
Amen. Just because of that building and planting mentality. See, that's not the power of the world to come. That's tasting. So tasting can get a man to build another church. They built that other church, and it got bigger than the mother church. He had opposition. That pastor friend of mine undid the collar of his shirt, showed me the rash he had on his throat because he was under so much pressure from that guy in his church. <laughs> As church members, we're not supposed to put pressure on the pastor. We're supposed to protect the pastor. Amen. I'll, oh, I'll give you another one. This one's crazy. Same pastor, different church. Wow. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this one. I, I had a word of knowledge that the, the people were attacking the pastor, and the, and the, group, the people that were around the pastor weren't protect, protecting him. So I got to preach for this him again later, about maybe five years later. And when I realized that, what that was, as a word of knowledge, I told my wife, go get me some Depend undergarments. So Colleen and I were getting ready to go to the service. I said, I said get me some bunch of Depend undergarments. So I preached on the coming of the Lord. And at the end, I said, you know what? Uh, this is happening. It, just like in football, when the offensive line, when, when the quarterback's fading back, the line is there to protect the pastor or protect the quarterback. I said, you guys are letting people come in and attack your pastor. I said, this is what it looks like. And I got one of those uh, Depends undergarments on. I put it over my pants. I said, this is what it looks like. We're, at, we're acting like babies. And I did it just to be silly. Then I started throwing diapers everywhere. Well, of course, I come back to Ontario, California, to the Hertz Rent-A-Car deal. And at that spot, at the Hertz Rent-A-Car deal, is where everyone comes out and waits for their car to be delivered. Well, as I walked out of my car, this man yelled out, Hey, you forgot your Depends undergarments. I said, Those are not mine. He goes, Sure they're not. Don't you love that? <laughs> but here, that's tasting of the powers of the world to come to help that guy pastor. I'll give you one. You ever been to Yuma, Arizona? You ever been to Yuma? Thank, oh, thank God we're not in Yuma tonight. Amen. Glory to God. I was on the road with this prophet years ago, and he had finished up teaching that night. We were going out to the book table, and we were going to go to Denny's and get a Grand Slam. And uh, on the way back to the book table, I have a vision. Here comes the tasting of the powers of the world to come. How many of you go somewhere and they give you a little taste? You know, give you a little piece of pizza. I don't want a little taste. I want the whole pizza. Come on. Well, in that meeting in, 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 uh, in Yuma, I'm walking back toward the book table, and I see the pastor in this airplane called a push-pull. One engine's going this way, one engine's going that way. The plane's in a dive. Papers are flying everywhere. This is called a word of wisdom, okay? Papers are flying everywhere. I see that pilot pulling back on the yoke of that airplane, trying to get that plane out of a dive. And I knew exactly what it was, like, oh, dear Lord. So I got to the book table, you know, worked at the book table for a minute. We went to Denny's. Sitting there at Denny's, I'm thinking, man, i got to say something to that pastor sometime because it's the right time, you know? Before I could even say something, I said, hey, I'm going flying tomorrow. We're all sitting there at the table. He goes, I'm going to what's called a push-pull. I was like, oh, dear Jesus. <laughs> so I'm sitting there trying to eat my, 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 eat my bacon and my sausage. I said, hey, pastor. I said, before we came over here at the church, I said, I saw you. Remember Elisha in the Old Testament? Went not my heart with you when you joined yourself to the chariot? It's like I'm sitting in that plane. I told him what his pilot looked like. I said, Doc, don't freak out. But you know what? You need to get that guy checked out because I saw you in a dive. I saw what the pilot looked like. All right, I went from there back to Tulsa. He called me from, from Yuma. He said, I went out to the airport. That guy had used fraud, saying he had all his checkout rides in a push-pull. People have gotten killed in a push-pull because they didn't have checkout rides. That's not the power of the world to come. That's tasting. So we are not done. When Pastor Mark comes up and says, okay, we've got to get this in us, it's for now, but very, very shortly, we're going to be caught up, and we're going to be reigning with him. 
And you're going to have oversight of these natural people that do stupid stuff. And you're going to go, man, it's a good thing you live while this is happening. Because Jesus reigns on the earth. And he's put up a, 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 an area of rulership for you. And you I don't, it's kind of like an overseer, almost like a pastor. But it will be fun. We'll have a thousand years off. But there will be duties. And we'll have a great time. It's going to be so cool. I mean, we get bits and pieces of it. But the bits and pieces that we have are to show us we're not done at the rapture. Grab your Bibles. Let's go to the last one. I think we're, we're, I, I'm going too long. We'll stop right here. I'll give you one, one more story. Revelation 20. Everybody still with me for a couple more minutes? Revelation 20. Look at this. This is the crazy part that is just almost unimaginable. Revelation 20. Watch what happens at the very end of that millennial reign. Go to Revelation 20 and skip down to verse number 6, I believe it is. I can't find Revelation 20. Here we go. Look at verse 7, I'm sorry, of Revelation 20. So that whole thousand years, you got Jesus on TV. you got you raising people up, implementing the kingdom of God. you got nothing but wonderful, 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 curse off the earth. So here in verse 7 it says, And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. He'll go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is the sand of the sea. So with you reigning with Jesus, implementing the kingdom all over, the people that reject him is the sand of the sea. How in the world do you find something you don't like about the Lord? He's too bright. I mean, can you imagine? What, what, do, you, what do you say you don't like about him? So that's the last uh, revolt right there. That's the last rebellion. What happens after that? You have the great white throne judgment, and then God gets a U-Haul and moves heaven down to earth, remodels the earth, <laughs> restores the earth, and moves the new Jerusalem down here. He likes the earth. And then forever, people will be going back and forth from the new Jerusalem to the, to the earth. He likes the earth. He's going to keep it forever. Then we see time and harvest forever. All right, I'll give you, I'll give you one more. You guys are so sweet. I, I, can give you, I can give you hundreds because it shows us how cool he is. I remember uh, I told you that year, one of the years we were living in California, and Colleen and I were coming back to Tulsa to go to Winter Bible, and we had Lauren with us to go to Winter Bible. So we went to Winter Bible, and then we went to some friends of ours' house for a birthday party for my nephew, Zach, at the time. This is John and Michelle Greenwald's son, my sister and brother-in-law. So we go there to the birthday party. We pulled into the house, and it was a circle drive, cars everywhere. And I told Colleen and Lauren, I said, you guys, when you get out, go in that door right over there. I can't go forward because there's too many cars. I'm going to back this way. Well, I didn't know that when Colleen got out of the car, she saw some kinfolks in the window there and kind of got froze thinking, waving at the kinfolks. Well, I'm backing the van up like this. I look behind me and I, the front tire ran over my wife. So I ran over Colleen. I heard her scream like I have never heard a scream before in all my life. I mean, I jumped out of the car. She, she was laying there on the ground. She's screaming in pain. The cats and dogs come running up. Kids come running up. Colleen's laying there on the ground. I walked over to her. I said, I command your ankle and your leg to be healed right now in the name of Jesus. I said, now get up. And she looked at me. Have you lost your mind? I grabbed her by the hands. And I said, get up. As I picked her up like that, the power of God went up and down her body like a heater. Just like that. The glory of God. She goes, my God, this is real. I'm standing there. My sister comes walking up. How you doing? I went, meh, meh, meh. I, man, I, I, I could not talk. I was so freaked out. I just ran over my wife. I mean, I tried to, I mean, I'm freaking out. I, you know, because your mind, you see the pins in their leg. You see the pins in their heel. You see them going, getting, you know, surgery. Come on. That's not the power of the world to come. 
That's tasting. So look at all of these overseers in the room tonight. You know, you know what Jesus is like through his word, not through feelings. What did Brother Hagin say after following Smith Wigglesworth for all those years? I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by what is real. Hallelujah. So that's tasting. So we got a thousand years of having a blast on the earth. Roller coasters, football, riding motorcycles. Jesus being made known to, to the whole generation. And then after that, we step into a whole nother, whole nother place on the earth. It would be wonderful. So for us, there is no bad news. You know, we talk about end times. I didn't get into all the science on it tonight. If you hear end time preaching, it scares you. It's not Bible. If you hear end time preaching, it scares you. It's not Bible. There's nothing in here bad for the church. Wonderful things for you and I. All right, I'll give you one more because you guys are, I can feel it and I'll shut up. I'll shut up after this. You came on Sunday night. You get the bonus round or something. Come on. Praise God. I'll give you one more. I was in, uh, how many of you ever heard of Michael Kalstrup? He's a pastor out in Oakland, Iowa. Have you heard of Pastor Michael? Every time I go there, he gives me a hard time because I taught his sons how to use their handbrakes and do 180s in their cars, okay? <laughs> but I taught them on snow, okay? Well, they start doing it on dry pavement and ruined the hubs of their wheels. So Pastor Mike blames me every time I come. He goes, Joe taught my boys. I said, no, no, we were on snow. So one of the years I was there in a camp meeting, I'm on my way to the camp meeting one morning for the morning and night meetings. On the way there, I have a vision as I'm driving. Thank God I didn't hit the building. As I'm driving, I see Pastor Mike in his own airplane. It's like a Cessna 210. It's an overwing airplane. He flies that plane. He lands that plane on a runway. And a young pastor came walking up to him. He said, I'm going to help you not make some of the same mistakes I may have made. Next thing you know, he has a little outline there to help that pastor. Next thing you know, he takes off in that Cessna, lands on another runway. I can see the cracks on the runway where it was been repaired. It was a different place. A different pastor came walking up to him, and he held out this outline and said, I'm going to help you not make some of the same mistakes I made. Next thing you know, I'm back in my car. Thank you, Jesus, I didn't hit the church, you know, because I'm on my way to church. Got there and preached a little bit that morning. I said, hey, pastor, I got something for you. If it doesn't mean anything to you, forget it. I could miss it by a mile. So, for, so I'm, I could have had too much pizza last night. I said, but you'll have your own airplane. You'll use it like a car. You'll go around to all these young pastors. You'll help them not make some of the same mistakes that, they may have, that you may have had. He smiled. He got up after I was finished. He said, what did I say last week from the platform? I'll have my own airplane. I'll use it like a car. So why would the Lord do that? Because sometimes when, when, when communication comes out like that, people go, well, who does he think he is? Why does he need an airplane? You know what? I didn't even know this. He was taking flying lessons. Rama asked him to be a regional director. He was a regional director over in Minnesota, North Dakota. Got that Cessna and used it like a car to go help those young pastors. See, that, that's, that, that's not the power of the world to come. That's tasting. So we have so much to look forward to. Think about Jesus giving you instruction during that thousand years. Go say this and do this. And what a mission you're on. Why will he do that? Because you do those missions now before you get in your glorified body. How do we do that? We confess. I hearken to the voice of the Lord. Stranger's voice I do not follow. I only do those things that please him. I trust in him with all of my heart. I lean not to my own understanding. In all my ways I acknowledge him and he directs my path. And his pathway there is light, and there is no darkness at all. And you'll have exactly what you say. We shall rule with him. There's a song the Raymond Singers used to sing. We shall rule, we shall reign. I would sing it right now, but I don't want to scare you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, for such radical plans for man ahead for us. 
that we would be at the end of this liberal time, the church age, where, where you would show people your mercy, your kindness, a dispensation of grace that you're not grading people now you love them. Help us, Lord, finish off this church age in your style. Thank you for demonstrations of the Holy Ghost, operations of the Holy Ghost. We thank you that a resurrection mentality will be in the church all the time, that death could not hold you down. I thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name, everybody said amen. amen. You know, I had a couple words of knowledge, and we'll, just, we'll dismiss. I, I haven't kept you long, but I've been going a while. I literally am done. I just had two, a couple words of knowledge come. I don't want to have the Lord, Lord rebuke me. Uh, so, someone, you got damage in the lining of your lungs. Don't know what it is. Don't, don't know what happened. You may have inhaled a chemical or something. Don't know what it is. But almost like a, this is what the Lord said, like a fatigued lung. Don't even know what that means. The other day, I was in North Dakota. I had a word of knowledge. Someone had damage right here. I said, it's right where your chest connects with your arm. That's the only way I could explain it. And everybody started laughing. There was a man there in the church who was on a snowmobile, and he was getting ready to fly off this hill, and he caught this limb so he wouldn't go off the hill, and he, he pulled his pec muscles right off, the, off of his bone. <laughs> and he got healed right there in the service. Praise God. This other thing is uncommon, but you know what? You got damage in your jaw. And you, and you, you, you grind your, your, your teeth at night. It's almost like you wear your, your, your tendons out in your jaw. You're being healed right now. Praise God. Amen. Thank God for that. Amen. Thank God for that. This other one, you know, uh, uh, is a little strange, but I'll, I'll call it out. Uh, you got damage in your bladder. Don't even know what it is. But it's called a word of knowledge, not a paragraph. So if you had damage in your bladder, just take it. Say, I'm healed. Praise God. This one's a little different. The lower part of your eye. You know, where your tear duct is. you got some kind of damage down there by your tear duct. He's healing that right now. I mean, I've had weird words of knowledge. I saw a gash on somebody's tongue in Terre Haute, Indiana. I called it out. A little kid had been playing with a snapping turtle, stuck his tongue out, and the turtle caught his tongue. Put a V on his tongue, just like that. Weird words of knowledge. I mean, just, just, just crazy. Saw a guy fall down a flight of stairs. Saw a guy get run over by a car. And what's amazing is that's damage, not just disease. He won't, even if you had an accident or something, he wants to take care of you. He loves you. Someone's your, your sockets and your hips are being healed right now. The sockets in your hips. Lord, we, let's just thank you for a minute and then we'll go. I just want to make sure I don't miss a miracle. Lord, we're so grateful that you redeemed us 2,000 years ago. It is written by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. It is written we're redeemed from the curse of the law. Thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for that. The sockets in that person's hips made alive and made new right now. Thank you for that, Father. Perfect blood flow to their, to their hips right now. Regenerate their blood flow, Lord. Thank you for that. Praise God. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's so sweet of you. Praise God. The bottom of your foot, your feet, you got something, one, one of your foot, uh, one of your feet, the, the middle part, like you, I don't know if you stepped on something, but like on bruised part of your foot. Uh, he's healing that right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Thank, that's so kind of you, Lord. That's so sweet of you. Praise the Lord. Somebody here, it, this may be common, I don't know, but you, you, you've been losing your balance lately and you think there's something really wrong. No, you've got some kind of damage. Your station tube's got some kind of damage in your inner ear. You almost feel like you're falling over and you think, well, the devil tells you you got multiple sclerosis. The devil tells you you got Parkinson's disease. He's a liar. He's a liar. It's the inside of your, your ears being healed right now. 740, 740 on Sunday night, the inside of your, your head's been taken care of right there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just thank Him one more time, and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, we love you. We magnify you. We glorify you. 
Lord, that's so sweet of you to, to bless us and to, and, to, and to minister to us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We're, we're amazed at your kindness and your goodness. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That church, Michael Calstrup, last year when I was there, a woman walked up to me. She said, the last word of knowledge I had was someone got uh, charred. That was the word the Lord gave me in their sinuses. Didn't even know what that meant. She comes running up to me after the service. Listen, listen to how cool God is. She said, all day today, I said, there's no way he's going to call out what's wrong with me. There's no way he's going to call out what's wrong with me. I said, what? She said, I, the opposite of the one with the issue of blood. Here, the opposite of faith, total unbelief. She said over and over and over again, there's no way he's going to call out what's wrong with me. And the Lord reached out and healed her. How cool is that? I'm thinking, Lord, you're just so kind. He just loves you. She said it all day. And that was the last word of knowledge I had. God's so good. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, it's so good to see you guys. I, I, I love your church, your location, what God's done with you guys and your pastors, like I said, we, Pastor Mark and I met 43 years ago, went to Raymond together. Man, mm, 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 time flies. Praise God. Thank you. Thank, let's thank him one more time. I, I don't want to miss something again, and then we'll go. Thank you for your mercy and your kindness. Mm, honor, power, and dominion be under the Son of God. Honor and power and dominion. Jesus, Jesus, we, 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 we are so amazed at your kindness here the end of the church age, show forth your goodness through your church. Help us, help us see it, the world as you see it. Lord, we thank you for your kindness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You know, this is, you've heard this a thousand times, but there's going to be tons of people with dreams of the rapture, tons of people with dreams of the coming of the Lord. You're going to see a lot of people just operations of the Holy Ghost, uh, ministry of angels, not in a weird way, not in a strange way, but things will happen a little bit more suddenly. And we'll see some really bizarre stuff. It won't be weird or strange. We'll go, wow, the Lord told us how it was going to be kind of unusual. But we're finishing off the book of Acts. Yeah. Amen. Can't help it. Heaven's involved. Yeah. Amen. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to come. We'll see you next time or again or whenever. So soon we're going to be caught up. So let's live like we're going to do that. So give Pastor Mark a big hand as he comes. Thanks, Pastor Mark. Thank you guys for coming. That's sweet of you to come. Praise the Lord. Whew, that was good, wasn't it? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Teach on the end times. Just get you fully equipped uh, for that which is to come. Amen. What we're doing right now, and we're faithful with that, and uh, God gives us much. Uh, yes. Sometimes you hear that in different, different avenues, different veins, but pertaining to this, the importance of how we live right now and tasting yes. of, of the world to come, right? Not just... Not just not paying attention, but paying great attention and uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us uh, in what we do. And uh, those manifestations, gifts of the Spirit in operation and seeing that, what those testimonies, what he just said, you know, we'd think, wow. But he said, that's just a taste, taste. a taste of what we're going to see yes, uh, in yes. the times to come. And so such an important time that we live in. Amen. Yes, Amen. Yes, Jesus yes. is coming soon. So soon. Praise the Lord. Amen. How many of you were taught something tonight? Yeah. Taught the Word of God tonight. Well, the Bible says that we should communicate with the teacher in all good things. So we want to just take the opportunity that we have to receive an offering for Brother Joe. If you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card, uh, raise your hand and the ushers will give you an envelope. If you're giving by text, it's up there if you're online. Uh, you want to participate in giving in this offering, you can go to the website or give by text there. And uh, we appreciate uh, you joining us tonight. Um,
Praise the Lord. If you, uh, one of those uh, words of knowledge was for you, just make sure you reach out and grab that. Don't let the enemy say anything. Just grab it and uh, receive your healing. You have a testimony uh, of what God has done for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, there's just so much stuff. You just get charged up about the day that we live in. Get excited. I love that. Don't you just love it? <clears throat> Go out of here and just get anticipation of what God's doing. That's really how it should be. Instead of like, oh, my God. You know, like he said, number of people. Well, you know, I just want the opportunity. I don't want Jesus to come back. I, I got things I still want to do. But, man, just thinking about that and crossing over and, and it, everything being enhanced, all those things, makes you just go, man, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Uh, amen. We've got work to do. We live in, in this time. But, man, what a glorious time. Thank you for sharing that with us. What a blessing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Are you ready? Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you so much for everything that you've done. We thank you that you gave gifts unto us, uh, that they might take what you have put on the inside of them, Share with us, impart to us uh, things that will equip us uh, for the work of our ministry. For each and every one of us, you've called us, you've anointed us, you've given us a place of influence. Help us to even realize as we've heard that today. God, that we put to practice the things that you uh, uh, teach us, the things that we've heard, we can put those to practice. Not waiting, but looking around us and seeing that you've placed us around people who need to hear the Word of God, that which we are learning, that which we are receiving. What a vital day for us to share those things and begin to operate in the very things that you have anointed us with right here and right now, that we might get a taste of even those things to come as we minister to those around us uh, the light of the glorious gospel, the power of God, and see them come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So we thank you. We thank you for the impartations of the Word, uh, the understanding. Holy Spirit, make it life to each and every one. And we thank you for that gift. We thank you for the opportunity that we had to come, now the opportunity that we have to share in our good things with the one who ministered eternal things to us. We thank you for that, Father. We command a blessing, the blessing of the Word of God upon each and every one. I thank you that you supply their every need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you. You're causing abundance to come to them, restoration to come to their life. We just declare it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. Hallelujah. As you go out, you'll see that... Uh, Brother Joe has a, a book table out there. You want to grab some of those materials. Uh, many things on the, the uh, last days, but many good teachings just on, on the Word of God, about the Holy Spirit of God, uh, just a number of different uh, teaching series out there uh, that he's taught. So uh, go ahead and go by his table, get some of those resources, and uh, continue to feed on them. And uh, those things that you hear, again, that daily confession of that and, and drawing upon that, uh, Cause us to grow and uh, increase in the word. Amen. Why don't you stand up? Say this we go. What God did in Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus. far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. God makes